Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Bring, bring it fast. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here with a Tottenham update featuring Steve McGookin, who has uh, been on here many times before, personal friend, and I'm very glad to have you back on to talk about everything that's been going on uh, with Tottenham. He, of course, also former chairman of New York Spurs, which I also used to be a member of. Steve, very nice to have you on. Uh, let's start chronologically with uh, the match against Chelsea on Tuesday, obviously the first leg of the Carabao Cup semifinal. The first half, things were going very well, then the kind of proverbial tale of two halves with us just <laughs> hanging on throughout the second half. But uh, if you wouldn't mind getting into some of the finer details of that match. Well, uh, thanks very much for having me back on, Kev. It's good to be on with you again. And, and you know, it's an old cliche, but certainly it's it's definitely only half time in this tie. And uh, and, and I think the interesting thing to come so out of So a tale of two quarters, then, you could say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sarri, you know, Sarri's one of those coaches that, that will have learned a lot from the last couple of encounters with us. And, and, and I actually, don't forget, for all the people who talk about, you know, Poch needing to win a trophy... Uh, Sarri has never won one during his managerial mm-hmm. year either, which which gives the League Cup this year a little bit more of an edge. Not that you know semi final of anything between between these two teams ever needs an extra edge. So it's definitely I think it's going to be a challenge for us in the second leg uh, on the twenty fourth. But this this game was a, a, a definitely there was a different match from when we beat them obviously three one in November, and they were they were greatly improved. Uh, from then and and we were especially in that second half as you said something you know of a shadow of our recent selves but the upside for me was that being able to grind out an advantage like that and hold on is that it's the mark of a Spurs team that's determined and and well organized rather than vulnerable as we had been all too often in 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 the most recent past and and you have to give a a shout out to Gazaniga as well for you know another clean sheet another good performance um I think that what most people seem to be talking about uh was the VAR controversy over the the offside before uh before Harry's penalty and uh, you know it, it is what it is and there'll always be uh, incidents where, where managers will have a different opinion no matter what the video evidence appears to show and where I think Sarri might have a point though is when he said about the referees not sort of fooling on fully understanding or grasping how best to use the technology it's definitely a learning curve for them and I think all we can hope for is that you know that we get a greater consistency as the state as the system gets uh, 
gets embedded. But I, I mean, as you know, Kev, I'm I'm generally in favor of VAR and, and video replay in general. If it if it means that it catches incidents that the audience at home might see, but that the ref might miss. But I think if this if this particular example proves anything, it'll, it it just proves that there'll always be something to argue about because because, because there always is. Uh, but generally, I was very I was very pleased with our performance in the second half, especially as it was obvious that we were, we were tiring. Uh, and uh, and Chelsea missed a couple of chances that um, I think they would uh, they would rue afterwards. But um, but as I say, generally speaking, uh, it's set up well for the second leg. Uh, it, it, it is going to be tough for us to go there um, in, in the circumstances, uh, especially with Sonny away. Um, but um, but no, I, th- I I think if we can if we can build on that resilience that we showed in the second half then uh, it's very encouraging and and of course you know we can talk about the, the the team that's awaiting the winners in the final i mean that was just a uh, just a monster performance by by man city at the uh, against uh, burton in the other semi final mm. and the debate here has been i don't know if there, it has been on the boards as well, but certainly the debate here was, well, didn't, shouldn't they have shouldn't they have taken their foot off the pedal and just eased up on the uh, on their lower division rivals? But that's that's not how the game goes. That's not how the game goes. So, um, I mean, that was a, a good performance by City. Good performance by us. Uh, Chelsea will have their their game faces on for the second leg. So it's um, it's going to be an interesting one on the twenty fourth. Yeah, in this match, I thought the interesting tactical tweak on Pochettino's side was how many long balls were played forward, um, trying to get specifically Sun behind Christensen, who did very well um, to to prevent that from happening. Do you think that was kind of a one-off tactic from Pochettino, or might we see more of that in the second leg? I, I think a lot depends on uh, how the game goes. If we were to score again, I think, and and take a two two goal lead over the over the two legs, I think that might change how we think about. Uh, how, how we think about the game, and but if we if we end up having to chase the game, if we go a goal down or, or two goals down, then I, I think yes, that's exactly what what you're going to see. Yeah, obviously uh, not to Sun though, as you mentioned, uh, we'll have right. already departed for the Asian Cup, but we used to do that uh, Toby to Delhi uh, mm-hmm. ball almost every match um, in Delhi's first season. So certainly yeah, no so- strangers head on the whole. Yeah, exactly. Some of them worked, some of them didn't. Uh, but it, it 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 got to the stage now where um, opposing coaches will have watched us enough that they know that that's that's in the locker. Yeah. Um, the other takeaway from this match, and sorry, I did not include this in the rundown. Uh, Paulo Gazaniga won Man of the Match uh, before the match. I had tweeted out that it was interesting that Gazaniga got the go ahead because a couple years ago, Poch got rid of the second keeper as your cup keeper. Notion, mm. remember, it used to be Vorm, and then in the final, we'd bring out Hugo, mm. and then it just stopped being Vorm at all. Now Ooh. we're seeing Gazaniga start to get that, and considering the level of his performances and some of the shaky ones by Lloris, do you think that the whispers about Gazaniga over Lloris deserve to get a little bit louder, or for you, is it no question you stick with your captain? No, he def- definitely deserves to get louder, and the more encouragement we can give the kid by, by having more games to, to prove himself, uh, I mean, we, we we often say that what you need when a player breaks through into the team at first is a, a solid run of games, uh, and I think what he needs is is exactly that. Uh, it'll be interesting. I don't think he'll pick him uh, on Sunday against United, but um, you never know. Uh, what a, what a great uh, dilemma to have. Quite frankly, we have we have who we think is going to be our next keeper 
uh, in waiting, um, where you never got the sense that Vorm was going to be the keeper would, that would take over from uh, from Hugo at any stage for a, for a lengthy period. But uh, everything I see of Gazaniga is is tremendously encouraging, and I hope he gets a I hope he gets a solid run of uh, run of games. Yeah, and it's nice to see him doing well because I've been kind of kicking myself uh, about how well Paul Lopez did when he returned to Espanol because we didn't take up uh, the clause to pick him up after he was on loan with us for a year. And if I'm right, never made an appearance. So there was a question as to what were we going to do next. And uh, exactly. Gazaniga is not that young. I think he's already like 27-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he can come through, obviously keepers have a longer uh, shelf life than others. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, <laughs> between the sticks. Um that's young for a keeper, by the way. Twenty-seven. True. You know, to be to be playing at, at a top level in the Premier League, that's actually, you know, still he's still on an on an up curve. Yes, agreed. Um, somebody that's not on the up curve anymore, unfortunately, is Musa Dembele, uh, who is being reported by numerous outlets to be uh, on route to Beijing Guan, uh, for yes. lack of a better pronunciation. <laughs> um, <laughs> This, of course, very sad news. We'll get into your feelings in a second just to frame it a little bit. Dembele, through an agent, through a journalist in the summer, basically said that his body wasn't up to the physical toll that the Premier League held. Steve, I'm sure you'll remember, uh, in his first year with Tottenham against Manchester United, he picked up a hip injury that he just never shook off um, for the rest of his time with us. Never really had huge extended absences. Just would had to be had to be rested, had to be managed correctly uh, to prevent any big things. Actually, this year was his his uh, largest amount of time missed, uh, and that's mm-hmm. technically an ankle. Um, but what have you made of Musa Dembele's time with Tottenham as it is seemingly coming to a close? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean Poch once called him a genius, and I, I think you know that's uh, not that much of a reach for the the type of player that he was, and and. Absolutely, good luck to him, and you know this this new chapter. I mean, it had been coming for a while, obviously. I mean, you and I even talked about it at the end of last season, and we didn't mm-hmm. we didn't feel we were ready to to replace him even even at that stage. But we were we were prepared for the possibility that he might sign somewhere else. I mean, obviously, he was injury prone, and I think that you know, when you, you said about him picking up that that hip injury, I think that was actually something that he might have had even in, in his uh, last season at Fulham. Um, but I'm not sure, totally sure about that. But certainly he was injury prone, as you say, and and obviously depending on his fitness, this this move, excuse me, might be the best um, best way for him to ease into the the twilight of his of his career. But I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm I'm not sure I totally agree with Jake Jackman. He said that selling Dembele could derail our season. Uh, I think there are many, many other things that can do that. So uh, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure that uh, that that's uh, something that you want to sort of hang the entire season on. But but I mean, just his ability to dribble, his ability to, to his he was so incredibly difficult to shake off the ball, almost as difficult as as Luka Modric to dispossess, for example, and his. Transition play was was frequently just as just as good as Luca. And I saw um, a stat. You probably saw it as well, since you, you, all you do is look at stats. <laughs> all the, um, on uh, current dribbling success rate in the Premier League um, and the top five. And Hazard, Eden Hazard, doesn't even make the top five, which is interesting. Top five were uh, Dembele, Matic, Delph, Yaya Toure, and David Silva, which hmm. is really interesting. Yeah, so. He is uh, he's going to be difficult to replace, uh, and uh, we can come on and talk to talk about that in a second. But uh, but good luck to to Musa. He was a joy to watch, absolute joy to watch. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it could derail us to an extent. I just agree with you that it's not the only thing that could derail us because it does leave us very thin at that position. Uh, and we will get into potential replacements here in a second. But uh, last on Dembele, any any kind of highlights and lowlights uh, in your memory of his time at Tottenham? Well, I think there was that. <laughs> you remember the, the the battle at the bridge against Chelsea? <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, there were there were a lot of reasons to remember that game, but he he was um, he was a hero in that particular that particular game, on the field and on the sidelines as well. So, uh, yeah, but again, that Manchester United game as well, where he just controlled controlled the game. But um, very often it was the case where you knew he was going to come off halfway through the, the second half, so you kind of knew that he would get us into a position of strength before before he departed the field but um he was a, as i say he was a joy to watch a great great player yeah i remember um when we got to watch uh the match against bournemouth together which i think he scored in by the way um he he just he absolutely dominated and he did that throughout his career i think tv does him a disservice the way they cut from action uh, specifically from defending to attack, it kind of bypasses how the ball is carried out, um, which is something that he was obviously fantastic at. And and you bring up Modric, I think, is a fantastic point because when we sold Modric and brought in Dembele for $15 million, which I think was his release clause, I don't think there was any um, negotiation there, um, it was kind of a shock uh, to have such a different player ID on the replacement for Modric. As you said, they were both good at kind of carrying the ball from defense to attack, but Modric largely did it through vision and passing, and Dembele just literally ran it from point A to point B um, before typically looking for an easier pass. And I think that's a very important lesson to remember as we start to look at replacements, is it's so easy for a player that's been at your club so long, as Modric was then, and Dembele, this is his seventh year at Tottenham, um, to think that you need that kind of player to replace them mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of just finding somebody that can can facilitate that role albeit potentially in a different way, like a deep-lying passer, um, which Winks is kind of more on the side of, although he's been taking on more players lately. Um, so as as for a replacement, what would you be looking for? Well, and also don't forget when Modric left, a lot of us were talking about uh, going out and getting Jao Moutinho as a, as a direct replacement. <laughs> yes. Being a much more of a, a like-for-like. I think that's a very important point that you raise, that you don't necessarily have to go out and get a player who's exactly like the player who's leaving. Um, and I'll come on to Winks in a second. You mentioned Harry Winks, but I, I, and I and I think that's where I think we have an advantage. But um, yeah, there's yeah, there's been a couple of you know paper talk here. I'm sure you've you've seen it. Uh, Frank Kessie from from AC Milan, this yeah. uh, 22 year old Ivory Coast international, looks to be very very good player. Sounds like, however, a lot is going to depend on whether uh, whether Milan are in the Champions League or not next season. So. Who knows? But again, if if they do let him go, whether we'd be prepared to pay, you know, the thirty five odd million that's being talked about is is completely another matter. Uh, and if it come if it comes down to a decision about money uh, to bring in a replacement player, Sky Sports had a story the other day that we'd been looking at uh, this kid Florian Grilich uh, from Hoffenheim, whose release clause is significantly lower than it would cost us to to go and get. 
to get Kessie. But but long term, I think, and, and you know, I've talked about this before, I think Musa going is, is just a fantastic opportunity for Harry Winks to own the midfield. And the, the other options that we have potentially alongside with, you know, Sissoko, Wanyama, Dyer, who could fit in different pieces of that potential midfield jigsaw. But I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, a huge believer in in, in Harry Winks, and I've always thought mm. that he, he is the player that we eventually build our midfield around. But um, yeah, so I, you know, I, it it depends. An awful lot is going to depend on whether Poch thinks we need a player, another player like Musa, or that we can work with what we have and and fill the gaps that way. But I think it, I think it's. It's basically now down to the to the sense that it's Harry Winks plus one other. Yeah, and we have had issues with the others. Dyer has been very resilient, but I'm I'm even though he's done fairly well there for about two and a half years, I'm still not entirely sold on him long term as being a defensive midfielder. Wanyama, after an amazing debut season, has been hurt or not in form pretty much the whole time, barring of course that amazing goal against uh, Liverpool, <laughs> and then Sissoko who. Uh, has kind of found this renaissance in his career playing centrally, which, as uh, I'm sure you'll remember, is what we thought when we signed him, was that we brought him in to kind of be a ball-carrying central midfielder rather than a right winger, and it took until now for him to both be playing there and start to thrive. <laughs> but it's a very thin position, especially right now. With Dyer did just return to training today, but with Wanyama out, um, Oliver Skip has been getting a go, and it's not a problem to have youth players come through, but he's 18, which for me is... A little too young for this to be his real breakthrough, if that makes any sense. So I, I, I am on the try to bring someone inside. Uh, the, the scouting process at Tottenham is that they typically find five players to target at a position and then just kind of wind down from there. It's one of the reasons why you always see loads of stories about Tottenham have contacted or Tottenham are interested in so-and-so is that they touch base on each player on their scouting list. Um, kind of <laughs> divining through some crappy tea leaves. My guess is that you you were absolutely right on Kessie and Grilich. I think the other th- three would be Diawara, Burge, and Zakaria or Zakaria. Not sure, um, but those seem to be the ones we're interested in. It sounds like Burge is not available this window. It, it would either be a buy and loan back, or we'd have to wait till the summer. Um, but that that sounds like the only one that we've really made any progress on. You said Grilich has a buyout clause, which could make that happen faster than others. But I'm not entirely sure that we buy someone in January. The only reason why I'm confident that we may is that if we sell Dembele and there's uh, rumors of interest in George Kevin and Kudu, which I'm, I'm not sure why he hasn't played football in about three years now. Um, but if we just sold two players it would make it a lot more likely that we bring somebody in. And a lot of clubs are often worried about signing players in January that they might not have the impact. Um, But I think we could use Lucas as a very good template of bringing somebody in in January, have them kind of make spot starts, learn their role in the team, and then the next year start very well. I mean, when we had our whole um, World Cup hangover, it was Lucas that really carried us through that first month, helped us get those results when we weren't playing particularly well. Um, so it would be interesting to see if we if we replicated that. But if we didn't replace Dembele this window directly, how do you think the fan base would handle it? I think it would all depend on results. Uh, if there was, if we went into a slump, that you could point to uh, that departure and say it was particularly related to that, uh, then you would expect to get some blowback from the fans. And obviously, uh, I, I, I'm kind of. I'm I'm a bit like you, and I don't believe in going out, especially in the winter window, and just buying players because they're available. 
um, because it might not be the right player. It might not be, you know, if there's somebody that you want to wait for for a particular position for the summer, but then you have to be very confident that how you're going to fill that gap in the meantime is um, is something that's not going to, uh, <laughs> to use Jake's words, derail the season. So, uh, so yeah, I think they, they have to be very careful. But I, I, I think the players that we have are probably good enough to get us to the end of the season and will also be a, give us an opportunity to assess how that might um, that might work going forward at, at the same time that there might be better options of players available. Uh, but of course, I mean, Spurs' fundamental problem and, and has been for a couple of seasons that unless we sell one of the established stars, they're never going to raise enough money uh, by just moving on some of the peripheral squad players to, to go out and actually bring in a, a splash signing. And, and, and that's essentially what you know I was talking about with the Kessie thing was – at, at the way th- things currently are, that might even be too high a bar for us to go out and actually pay. So, uh, you know, uh, I think, as you say, the, the, the matching up the ins and the outs is uh, is difficult because you're not going to generate enough revenue from just, you know, moving on some, some of the squad players uh, to get the sort of player that you want. So I, I, it's, it's a tricky one. Uh, but I think the players that we have, I mean, you mentioned Sissoko. Sissoko's finally, I think, starting to play the way we expected him to play when we signed him and how he had start, he had, you know, was playing uh, internationally. Um, so I'm, I'm optimistic, but uh, let's see how it goes. It, it, it's all going to depend on results and how much of uh, if there is a if there is a, a fall off or a slump in some way that that can be isolated to the departure of one particular player and I'm not sure uh, we can do that just yet. Mm. Um, there are of course rumors of, of potential departures of other players, whether it be this window or coming soon, uh, surrounding Christian Eriksen and Toby Alderweireld, obviously very important players to the team. Uh, both of them stemming from contract situations. Eriksen. Uh, is not signing his new one, and kind of the scuttlebutt is that it has nothing to do with the uh, wages being offered to him, but that he's holding out uh, for a particular club from abroad that's interested in him. Uh, Obviously, Real Madrid have kind of topped that list, although his quotes this week kind of made it sound like that's maybe not it. On the other hand, Toby Alderweireld, obviously everyone will remember the kind of saga last summer. Um, that, but he's come back. He's played a very important role. He was quoted this week as saying, you know, you can see his dedication to the club on the pitch. Whether or not that continues long term remains to be seen. Uh, but what do you think about the future of those two players uh, at the club and how important have they been and how damaging would it be if they left? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Well, I think two things have to be said straight off. Uh, they're both professionals. They're, they're tremendously professional players, and they have a very, very good relationship with Poch. So you're not going to get into a situation where um, – they're they're going to throw a tantrum on the pitch, for example. You're, we're not we're just not going to see that. Um, I think with with Ericsson, uh, I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to whether he wants to go. And you know, he's 26. He wants to be paid what he's worth. I don't necessarily have a problem with players doing that. Uh, I mean, this this thing with Levy putting a 225 million pound price tag on them i mean you know why why clubs do that it's to you know scare potential buyers away i mean it's a bit like um that the, the you know that old uh, apocryphal winston churchill exchange where he ends up saying uh well well we've established whether or not you're for sale we're just haggling over the price mm. uh, and, and 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 it's a bit like that but as 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 you and i both know i mean there's a limited universe of clubs Obviously, Real Madrid are one of them. There is a limited universe of clubs that, that w- would be able to pay that sort of money. But there's also no doubt in my mind, certainly, that Ericsson is in that limited universe of players that, that could justifiably command it. So as I say, I think, I think for Ericsson, it's going to come down to whether he wants to go. And really, to a certain extent, it's, this, it's the same with Toby. I mean, um, we've extended his contract uh, I, I don't think we're any further on in terms of um, getting anything nailed down long term. Um, but again, it, it's going to come down really to the player. Um, and, and maybe it's it's also the speculation about Potch uh, hasn't helped. But I don't think there's uh, I don't think there's any doubt about the player's professionalism or that we should in any way think of not playing them while they're while they're fit i mean if they're if they're fit they would walk into any team in the in the premier league so uh thankfully they're walking into ours yeah agreed and it is worth noting that you and i uh, joked what now feels infamously last summer about not needing to sign any players but just try to keep the players we have which then we did a little too intensely um (laughs) but uh we did renew pochettino kane son uh, Lamella, I believe. Oh, and Deli Ali. So th- there is a young core that's remaining through all of this, but obviously it is concerning to see um, Erickson and Toby's eyes turned a little bit. Whether or not they stay uh, remains to be seen. Um, it just, sorry, Kev, it just mm-hmm. it brings this, this problem that we have every year, you know, certainly under Potch and the way he has developed the team. From 1 to 11, we are as good as any team in the Premier League. And the problem is we don't have the squad depth in order to – at the moment, we don't have the squad depth to, to to stretch us through the number of games or the number of intense games that we anticipate playing. And so that has always been – you and I had, I, I think, on a, on a pod uh, uh, last season, we had the, the idea that you know we could get away with not – with not signing um, a player for uh, for each position or a, a substitute, a second player for each position, because in a way it's kind of a vote of confidence of the player that you have there already. Um, but at the same time, you have to be pragmatic and you have to say, well, you know, things are going to happen uh, through the season that you just need a fallback for. Players are going to get injured or suspended, or what's going to happen with Son uh, next month. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's one of those things where. 
we are we have a, an embarrassment of riches uh, at our uh, chosen positions one to eleven. It's when we get beyond that. How do you go out and sign a player and say to them, "You're not going to be our first choice, but we want you to to come and sit on the bench." And it's just it's it's not a particularly uh, good sale to people to to approach them that way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we got lucky with Lucas because right wing was a position we literally didn't have. We just kept playing Erickson and Deli Ali with one of them kind of pretending to float out that way. Um, But outside of central midfield, I think you could convince a high-end central midfielder that he would walk into this team ahead of one of Sissoko, Dyer, or or Wanyama um, at exactly this moment. Because if Wanyama got back to form, if Dyer got on form, if Sissoko keeps this up, that could become more and more difficult. But um, yeah, I agree. It's it's become the huge issue, uh, and it stems most from Harry Kane. Who who would agree to come sit behind him um, now that it's failed so badly for for Jansen, Lorente, and how Soldado's career at Tottenham ended? Um, but I guess we'll just see. Um, speaking of which, two of those, Jansen and Lorente, uh, both on the chopping block. Although Lorente's hat trick certainly doesn't uh, hurt either his value or his chances of staying. Uh, which of those peripheral players that that we kind of uh, hinted at earlier do you think might be on the way out? Well, the, I mean, there's obviously a lot of speculation around Jansen, and, and you mentioned that that Bournemouth game earlier when uh, you know he scored his first goal for us. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and we, you know, we both we both liked them at the time, but it was hard. It was really hard to get a sense that he was developing uh, from game to game, based on you know the, the so few appearances that he managed to have. So actually, it was good. To, it was good to see him coming back again um, after his foot injury for the uh, for the under twenty threes this week. But but whether that was to prove that he's fit to prospective buyers, uh, who knows? I mean, anything could happen with with. Um, uh, with Janssen, I mean, he may, he, as you say, he may be due a kind of a Sissoko-like renaissance, uh, but I, who knows? I think it's more likely that Nkudu will probably uh, be moved on. Uh, just the lack of the lack of appearances made it difficult for for him to to ever show anything. So I'd, I'd probably um, expect him to go. You mentioned Lorente. Uh, there's been some talk that we'd we'd sell Lorente because he's out of the con- out of his contract in the summer, <clears throat> but. Uh, Unless we have someone else lined up, I can't see that. But again, it brings you back to this argument about what can we afford, uh, and unless you know, uh, unless we have somebody identified that we can afford, um, based on the sale of two or three peripheral players, then I, I really don't think that we'll uh, that we'll make that kind of uh, that kind of a move. Yeah, um, another thing happening in January, which we alluded to. Um, in, in the Chelsea part was that Sun is about to leave uh, off for South Korea duty yet again. And it'll probably be about a month, although that could alter a little bit depending on how uh, they perform in the cup. Mm. How do you think Pochettino will handle either tactically or personnel-wise the, the temporary departure of Sun? Well, the simple answer is that basically he can't. Uh, and and Sonny is, is probably the player, you, as you hinted at before, He's a player in our first team right now that we can we can least afford to lose. I mean, he's certainly he's in a groove. He's scoring some fantastic goals for us, and he links up well with the uh, with the rest of the players, including particularly Harry. Um, so I, I, I think it's just it's just really hang on and hope. Actually, hope that Lamella and Mura can come in and 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 give us 
something approaching the kind of um, uh, performances that we've seen from Sonny um, uh, recently, but but also hope that he doesn't get injured because we we can't really. I mean, it would the worst thing in the world would be to contemplate playing the rest of the season without him. Uh, so you know, there's always that consideration, and that's you know why you and I both hit international breaks. Yeah, that is definitely a concern. But I feel like um, there's this interesting renewal of of patience almost, and, and with, with South Korea's usage of Sun because of the fact that they ensured uh, his um, huh, partially because it meant that he doesn't have to do military service. So so it's almost like we're we're in a different year. Fans may have been more frustrated that we're losing such a key player for a month, but in return for the fact that he won't have to leave for two plus years, it kind of feels like, oh, okay, well, if that's the bill, we'll pay it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But but I do agree with you. Lucas and Lamella will be very important, just as they were at the start of the season. Um, and we were very pleased uh, to see Lucas getting the minutes that I'm sure he was kind of, maybe not assured, but would have expected. Um, last season, he had two goals, two assists in his first four matches. Uh, all mm-hmm. of which, while while Sun was away, um, I feel like Lamella also had a fairly good start. He had two goals and an assist in the first six. Um, so if we could get that kind of production for them again, that would be great. But to keep it in that mindset, over the last five matches, no player has more goals than Sun's five in the Premier League, and no player has more assists than Sun's three. Um, oh, so-, so that's the kind of return we were getting from a player that is about to depart. Yeah. Um, obviously, you can't expect that from Lucas and Lamella potentially combined. Um, but if they can just kind of keep the clock ticking over, like we said, at the start of the season, we were picking up points even when we weren't playing well. If we can mm-hmm. at least do that, mm-hmm. it should be enough in theory. Yeah, I, I think that's right. As I say, it's hang on and hope. I had no idea, actually, when you when you said that, that we were getting that sort of... I knew he was making a huge contribution, but I had no idea it was uh, it was to that extent. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, Mura, I, I, every time I see Mura, I like him more. Uh, I like the, um, the what he gives us even – and I, again, this is a very Harry Kane thing to say. I like what he gives us even when he's not scoring uh, and when he's not involved in, in goals. I like what he does off the ball. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, we're lucky that we have a triumvirate like that, but clearly Son is at the, uh, is at the head of the pyramid. Yeah, Sun's departure, potentially no signings, not the only things to fear for Tottenham in January – Another is the continued delay of the uh, Tottenham Stadium, which will be temporarily known as Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, very creatively. Um, <clears throat> the, the issues continue to surround the fire suppression system, is the word on the street. Um, this is obviously something that's supposed to be done by August, was supposed to be done by December, then they said definitely in the new year, um, kind of hinting towards January. Now it's all the way back to February. Um, if Tottenham do not uh, make it past Dortmund in the Champions League, all that stuff could come up again about potential lawsuits about their advertising campaign that the only place uh, to watch Champions League in London was the new Spurs stadium. Uh, How do you think you and the fan base as a whole are handling these continued delays in the stadium development? Well, it's funny. You you mentioned about the trade-off between, you know, losing Son for, for a month, but meaning we're holding on to him. I think there there has been a sort of mindset of a trade-off um, in people's in in fans' minds here because the stadium just looks so absolutely amazing, and I I think that has 
to an extent blunted the anger of a lot of fans who about how the club has handled these this series of delays, uh, which you and I have talked about before, and 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 you know the the, the appreciation, the understanding that this is just a massive civil engineering project that that was never going <laughs> never really going to come in on time once we uh, once we thought about it. The stadium really looks worth waiting for, so I think that's uh, that's sort of foremost in a lot of people's minds. And, and I, you know, I've heard now that March is going to be the uh, is probably going to be the the most likely uh, opening. Although it doesn't seem likely that it's going to be the North London Derby that um, that we're you know we're set for the first weekend of March, and that would be a, a first grade game. Although uh, it looks more like the according to the boards uh, the Palace game. On March sixteenth, yeah, the police are advising against the opening match being Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know, as as Levy said in the most recent update, there there's still tests ongoing. As you said, the fire suppression system is uh, we're still working that out. The reports from the fan visitor test uh, a couple of weeks ago um, all seem to be particularly encouraging. But as always, we uh, we wait for for more news from the club. But as you say, if we if we get past Dortmund and into the last eight of the Champions League, then the first leg of that will be in April. So that would obviously be a a fantastic way to open up a new chapter. And I don't even want to. I know you and I have talked about it before. I don't even want to speculate on on uh, how that um, that advertising campaign might might come back to bite us. Uh, quite frankly, because it's. Uh, uh, it's like the least of our worries right now, to be honest. But yeah, it, it's it's just very much a mess. Um, what did you make of some people saying that if it isn't ready by the end of March, that we should just stay in Wembley for the rest of the year? No, I think it, let's let's choose the right game, and if we can, let's let's go and do it, and and you know, just uh, especially if we're going to have the. The top tier restriction continued at Wembley. Uh, I know they're applying to Brent Council to have the uh, have the top tier restriction lifted, but um, uh, no, I, th- I think they absolutely have to. As soon as it's ready, uh, let's move into it and let's pick the right game that uh, hopefully people will will create start to create a, a, a memories that'll last for uh, for a lifetime. Yeah, in a little bit more shorter term, um, play Manchester United at the weekend. They've obviously had a massive turnaround since Solskjaer got there, which has fortunately dulled some of the Pochettino out uh, rumors and reports um, Mm. because they're doing well. (laughs) But there will obviously be a lot of that narrative rebirthing throughout the week and then during the match as well. Uh, What do you think we can expect from this one? Well, it's interesting. I don't. I, I think, as you say, it's just part of the narrative between the two clubs. Uh, and unfortunately, that's uh, given that Solskjaer has had that that pretty impressive start. Uh, this is obviously the biggest test for them under under him. But uh, Guillaume Balaguer was on uh, radio here the other night saying he thinks Poch will uh, will end up at Real Madrid eventually. But he also thinks now uh, Manchester United might be a possibility for him. I. I'm not so sure. I've I've never thought. I'll be honest. I've never thought Poch would manage anywhere else in England, um, especially you know what he said the other day about uh, ending his career at Spurs or you know that the possibility of that. But really, who knows? I, I I'm not convinced that Solskjaer, regardless of how he does the rest of the season, uh, will be their manager next year. But 
you know, really who knows. And, um, and obviously, as you say, you know, they're going to have a different mindset uh, coming into this game with, you know, being on a roll with the new coach. And uh, it will, it will de- definitely be a better game than, you know, either of the last two meetings when, you know, we I know scored. what you're talking about. The last two were great. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think what I, sorry, yeah, when I when I said better, I should probably have meant more competitive. <laughs> uh, the, the, when we scored in the first minute at Wembley, and then uh, when we beat them here last time, or, or when we won at Old Trafford at the start of the season, which was actually gave us a hint of that we were going to be playing the kind of way that we played in the previous season, which I think you know we we were desperate to do at that stage. And as I say, it'll definitely be their their biggest test uh, for them under Solskjaer. Uh, but I I think we'll uh, we'll have too much for them. We'll have too much for them on Sunday. Certainly, here is hoping. Uh, well, that'll do it for us today, Steve. Thanks so much for lending your thoughts on all of these topics. Uh, if people would like to find you or anything you have to say, where where can they do that? Well, I, as you said at the top, uh, I used to be chairman of uh, New York Spurs, and you can go to newyorkspurs.com, join in the conversation there, or uh, you can get my non-football writing at Northern Slant, northernslant.com. Uh, thanks very much for having me on, Kevin. I'll talk to you again soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.